staying with what's growing in our gardens and I guess the role that our gardens can play in our parenting feature for this week. We're looking at the life lessons children can get from gardening. And I mean, some of the herbs we were talking about in the fruit feature, some of the leaves are ones you can easily grow in your garden. And to have this conversation, we're joined by our resident human potential and parenting expert, Nikki Bush. Nikki, as always, it's good to have you on the show. Good morning. Good morning, Dirk. So we're talking about how uh, the garden can also be the classroom, that you can teach your kids uh, very valuable things and lessons by spending a bit of time outside. Absolutely, Gogs, and summer is just such a beautiful time to be out in the garden. And so let's start by talking about the fact that children really learn well, and we provide them with memorable learning experiences when we give them a concrete experience. In other words, a multi-sensory experience, where we're not just talking to them about something in the classroom, but they're actually doing something with their hands. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, getting your hands dirty, getting your hands in the mud, in the soil, um, planting things. In fact, as I'm talking to you, I'm remembering that when I was in grade one, I was one of the first grade ones in a brand new school that had literally dirt for a playground. And the grade ones actually got this little patch of ground to nurture. And we actually all brought plants and we all got to plant our little plants in this little patch of garden. And to this day at that school, that garden exists. And it's just occurred to me now that right from, you know, early on, I've been involved with gardening. I love gardening. And it's part of my de-stressor. So children can learn so much from gardening, starting with the seasons, because there's always a time to plant, there's a time to pick, there's a time to dig up, there's a time to prune. And gardening is a beautiful analogy for a lot of things. Mm -hmm. It's about life. It's about life cycles. It's about life and death. It's about so many different things. And, you know, we, we think about all those difficult conversations we have to have with children about life and death. You know, when they're involved in things like gardening, life and death becomes part of life. It's, it's, you know, it's a normal thing. It's not a strange thing. Uh, so I do think that we should actually be exposing our children a lot more to what happens in the natural world. Mm-hmm. You were just saying that, uh, you know, one of the things or some of the lessons is when to plant, when to prune, when to harvest. But it also, I think a big lesson is also about waiting because sometimes you, you know, with gardening, when growing something, there are periods where it looks like nothing is happening and you just <laughs> need to be a little bit patient. You can't dig it up and check. You just need to wait, which is, I think, a lesson even adults struggle with as well. Well, I was about to say, I think this lesson in terms of or the analogy with gardening is something that we also need to say to parents that there is a time for waiting. So for, for, for children, it's delayed gratification because mm-hmm. they live in a world of instant gratification. And for parents, 
children take time. They take time to blossom and to bloom and to develop. And they don't always get the message first time round. And that's why repetition is an important part of learning. That's why school readiness takes six years, not just the one year most of our children in our country get in grade R. Because children are a work in progress, just as plants are a work in progress. So very important that as parents, we take that lesson on and get reminded on a regular basis to give our children time and space to develop into who they are. And for children, when they get involved in the growing process, actually one of the first things that one usually does in a science or biology classroom is the magic of the bean, where children get given cotton wool and a bean and water and a little saucer. Mm -hmm. And the whole idea is for a couple of weeks to keep the, um, the cotton wool damp and then to watch the bean sprout. And you see two things happening. One is that the roots sprout and the other is that the leaves sprout. And it's magical. It's, it's a miracle. Now, that's a very visible way of showing children how if you give the, the bean um, the right conditions, it will grow. As you said, when you plant seeds in the soil, they become invisible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that really is a more difficult process of delayed gratification because you can't go and dig up the soil to check what's going on because if if you disturb the soil then uh, you change the growing conditions so then it is a real waiting game but a very valuable one now here's another analogy that we can use for children and for parents and that is that it takes time to create what I call black gold black gold is the soil And the soil needs to be conditioned and prepared to create those foundations for growing. And that means that we need compost, we need fertilizer, we need bone meal, we need water. And if you've been a gardener, as I have for a very long time, and if you've had an old garden where you've got trees and shrubs, you see that trees and shrubs lose their their leaves, some of them, in winter. And that becomes mulch. It, it settles in the soil and, and it, it breaks down and it creates the black gold. So the darker that soil, the richer the soil. And when I sold my home six years ago, that was the thing I cried over was actually losing all that black gold that I had cultivated for years and years and years. And black gold, that soil is full of earthworms. So you can see it's alive. And children need to see that. And parents, the message for you right now is that it takes years to create black gold in your children. (laughs) Years of of watering them and feeding them and stroking them and loving them and and sowing into their lives to create that black gold. And most children are late bloomers. 
most children are late bloomers. You have a handful who are the duck scholars who get all the prizes, but most children are going to be late bloomers. But you need to keep feeding that soil. They have their own time to bloom. And I think we said a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about children with learning difficulties, not every peach ripens at the same time on a peach tree. And even with the, you know, not just preparing the soil, but even the, you know, even once the soil has been prepared, your your beans or whatever you've planted is sprouting, there is this continuous work of looking after it. Um, you know, does it have enough water? Is the soil damp enough? Does, you know, is the soil still looking healthy? Um, are there any weeds? Do you need to cut anything away? Um, so a garden being this thing that some some of them need more love than others, but it needs your attention. It is a commitment. And if you want it to look great and be healthy, you need to work at it. So there are almost all of these other lessons in helping in the garden, keeping the garden happy and healthy, that kids can also be learning continuously. Yes, I'd like to pick up on the weeds because the weeds provide quite a lovely lesson and metaphor for the company that you keep in your life. So if we let the weeds in the garden run riot, they will take over and there won't be space for the beautiful flowers to to grow. So we have to be removing the weeds for to create that space and those good conditions. So here's the lesson in friendships because friends can influence you and obviously parents want positive friendships for their children and occasionally your child might fall into bad company. And the thing is, just like with weeds, if you stick with bad company, you become bad company. So without having to lecture your children too much on bad company, you can just have this beautiful sidebar conversation when you weed in the garden that you're creating space, beautiful space, healthy space for these flowers to to grow and to develop and to thrive, just like when you're at school and you've got friends, you thrive when you have good friendships, but when you get into bad company, sometimes that can become infectious and you can become bad company. Mm. So I always find that, you know, lecturing children just goes over their heads. But if you give them a concrete example, like plants and weeds, well, then it can stick, you know. It's something they can understand because children do not understand abstract concepts. They need the real thing in order to understand. And then you mentioned cutting back and pruning. And this is really important because we need to cut back when the foliage gets too thick. We need to create more light and more air. Um, we need to create more space so that every everything can thrive. And sometimes we need to choose what to take out because we've chosen what we want to stay. And that's a really important lesson. Now, I'm actually sitting here in gardening shock at the moment because I'm looking outside the windows of my apartment. And over the past two days, the tree fellers came in and they cut down um, two big trees in front of my apartment that were not very healthy. They didn't cut them right down. 
they cut them back to the healthy place. And that's sometimes what we have to do when something gets sick, is we have to cut it back to where it is healthy and it will re-sprout from that point. But anything above that point is pretty dead. And I must tell you, they took down about 10 meters of tree. So I'm now looking at my neighbor's rooftops for the first time, which is quite shocking for me. But I have to keep reminding myself that nature will win and that those trees are going to become healthy again because we gave them a haircut. So sometimes as gardeners, we have to do quite severe things in order to maximize and encourage the right kind of growth. So if we think about this in terms of children, sometimes we have to move schools because the school we've chosen for our child is not the right nurturing environment. Our child is not thriving. And it may be a social issue. It may be a bullying issue. It may be an academic issue. Maybe it's the fact that your child is not a brilliant sportsman or sportswoman and you chose a very sporty school Mm -hmm. and you need to transplant them into a more cultural environment where they're going to thrive more. And this takes bravery and courage on behalf of a parent to transplant their child from one school to another. I know families that have emigrated and their children are absolutely thriving in the new environment. Not that they weren't thriving here, but as a family, they've taken a risk and it's worked out. I also know families where they've taken a risk and it hasn't worked out. So there is experimentation in gardening. Um, I am now currently uh, in my own apartment doing, doing patio gardening for the first time. And it's a wonderful experiment. Mm-hmm. And some things are working and some things are not. And as yeah. soon as you see that a plant is not thriving, you need to move it to another place. And I'm experimenting at the moment because the sun keeps moving. <laughs> so it's quite a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking this morning about how you can use gardening or the garden as a classroom, as a teacher in teaching your kids valuable life lessons. And I'd like to hear from you if you are a parent that has a garden uh, or if you are a child that was taught valuable lessons while gardening. And I want to know what those lessons are or some of the lessons that you are now teaching your children in the process of gardening. Let us know on 11 or 702. Send us your SMSs on 31702 and your WhatsApp voice notes on 072 And speaking of your voice notes we have received some that have come through on our whatsapp hotline hi good morning this is such a beautiful topic and i'm enjoying it totally uh it just reminded me of a beautiful quotation that says plant not but the rose of love in the garden of thy heart and uh whenever i teach children i teach a couple of children um i tell them that uh, the lead the, the weeds in the garden are like uh, qualities like jealousy anger lying and uh, they have to uh, clean their heart of these weeds as well uh, just uh, and they have to plant nothing but the rose of love in their hearts uh, loving the topic thank you very much it's very enriching 
I love that. What a beautiful way to talk about gardening in, mm. in, in terms of emotions. Mm. That weeds are those, uh, those darker emotions, the jealousy, the anger, the lying, but they exist. They're real. Yeah. And you need to be um, aware of them and then deal with them. And deal with them. Absolutely. And then I love that. She said, you know, keep the rose of love in your heart. Um, beautiful message. Um, I think we also had another WhatsApp voice note that's come through on this topic as well. Morning, Cooks and Nikki. Bush, thank you very much for today's topic. It's very helpful for me, especially I'm raising a strong world child. And um, at times it gets a bit difficult, but uh, I appreciate each and every tip I get every week from Nikki Bush. Thank you. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Strong-willed child, yes. There are lots of strong-willed children out there. And it's it's uh, allowing them to express that will while also keeping it in healthy check. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, of course, you could also use the weed analogy too. Um, and I just want to add one more thing. You know, around the foundations, I was talking about creating black gold, getting your foundations right before you plant, getting the soil conditions right, etc. Um, that, um, you know, in, in sport, in learning, in reading, in writing, there are a lot of foundational skills that are not very sexy. These are the roots. And our children need to engage in a lot of foundational work in those first nine years of life in order to be doing the reading, the writing, the maths, later on and a lot of those things look boring they're not very pretty it's not the rose in bloom it's it's the stem growing it's the roots growing and it's all the stuff before the blooming stage Mm -hmm. and it's all important and it's all necessary Mm. let's go to moodly in lanesha who also wants to share some lessons learned from gardening moodly a very good morning to you Morning. I always enjoy your program. Thank you, Moodley. Thank you. Uh, Nikki, as well. I've w- even watched you on TV. And I tell, my young, I tell my young son about his young babies to listen to you, but uh, he left me now. He's uh, in Toronto. Oh, wow. And, of course, in Toronto, they're going to be planting different things in extreme conditions. <laughs> And there's going to be lots of dormant time in the snow. Yeah, I was was blessed with the grandmother who who just loved gardening. And I grew up from day one uh, gardening. In fact, in my area that I moved here 40 years ago, uh, I had like the best garden in the street. Uh, And people used to stop and, and say to us, gee, your lawn looks so beautiful. But it's a lot of hard work. Uh, it's money, uh, you know, like you said, you've got to prune things, you've got to weed things. And, uh, yeah, both my kids grew up in my garden. And uh, when they moved out, my daughter is a medical specialist and she bought a house one year ago. And she, that place, I went down to East London. I mean, that thing, like our house here. From the pavement to the back is only lawn. And it's so beautiful to walk on lawn and to smell freshly uh, uh, cut lawn. 
So they've left home with, with that habit as well. And um, yeah, now I'm old Madella, retired. I, I, I took out the lawn, put a lot of paving, and uh, I still have a, a patch on the pavement that uh, blooms blue flowers uh, come uh, springtime. So I'm still around. I'm not dead completely. <laughs> but, uh, thank you very much. Uh, really, I, I look forward to listening to you always. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, what a beautiful heritage mm. to pass things down from one generation to another. It's a little like cooking, mm. cooking, gardening, you know, what, what, what children, children see and what children do often becomes part of the fabric of their lives. So enjoy those gardens this summer. And if you want some more parenting tips, my Parenting Matters 2.0 ebook is available on NikkiBush.com. Just go to the, the shop section. Nikki, as always, it's great having you on the show. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you, Gogs. Take care. Thank you. That's our resident parenting and human potential expert, Nikki Bosch, talking about how the garden can be a place where you can teach your kids valuable lessons.